All right. We are live now. I just got to send out the links and then we will be good to go. talking about your uh, your red background <laughs> oh yeah they were laughing at it i like it i think it's sick it's just uh i just have some lights to my left makes it look super cool in there yes. okay now i gotta get let me get this all all right <clears throat> So, Tony, how was your day today? It was a good day. Um, took some trades early. Um, kind of called it there, but uh, there was some really nice action. I forget what time it was. Um, with all the election stuff going on in CPI tomorrow. Um, it's kind of anyone's guess how the market reacts. And then we had that... Uh, I don't know too much about it, but I, I saw some info on... Um, and some people in my Discord were talking about that big-time crypto fiasco that's going on. I don't know if... Um, oh my gosh, that. dude. Yeah. That is fucking nuts. We can look at the chart later, but... um. So, yeah, today's... Today was weird, tomorrow's gonna be weird. I mean, really, the rest of the week. I'm interested to see um, how midterms plus CPI ends up affecting. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like when we have midterms as close to a, such a pivotal CPI and then such a Bitcoin thing going on, like, holy shit, bro. Yeah. A lot's going on all at the same time. It's going to have to be, like, something major. We're going to have to see some sort of, like, crazy spy move. I feel like tomorrow, probably. It's been... Like, we saw a pretty decent move today, but I could see something absolutely nuts. And I think um, we're going to get, like, deep into it when, it when we talk about CPI later this episode. But um, for now, bro... Let's just, I want to thank everybody for tuning in off the bat. I'm sure we'll gain some more viewers, you know, come a few minutes into this. But, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy week so far. Uh, midterms, I don't even know what to say about the midterms. Like, it was, it's it's not the red wave that a lot of uh, Twitter was expecting. But red wave probably would have been better for the market. So we saw some drawdown today based on that. Um Usually, market is, is healthy as shit when it's uh, Congress belongs to one party, presidency belongs to the other party. Um, but now it's looking like we're going to have presidency belong to uh, the Democrats and then split Congress. Unless something's happened in the past few hours. I haven't even looked in the past few hours. But um, it's looking like it'll be split Congress. 
super interesting. We're going to see how it plays out too, because um, usually in the presidency midterm, the uh, the the in-house president, their party gets wrecked that midterm, and it didn't quite happen this year. So we're going to see some interesting interesting market movement. Um, did you have any? Uh, do you see any crazy stuff that people were talking about when it comes to like polling and stuff? Yeah, um, I saw that. I also know that in my state, Pennsylvania, fucking Dr. Oz was running. Did you see that? that (laughs) Yep. Doctor, the guy who was uh, literally had the TV show, Dr. Oz. Yeah, so my state's all effed up. Everyone uh, hated both of those. Like, for some reason, everyone talked mad shit about your guys' like, both candidates. Yeah, I, so I'm not, I am not very politically sound. I'm not going to pretend to really know what I'm talking about when it comes to politics, but um, I just kind of looked into both candidates and uh, I don't know. It's, I couldn't, I know it, you know, everybody should go out and vote, but it's hard to vote for somebody or two people that you just don't really agree with either way and just, you know, so... Um, unfortunately I didn't vote, but I know in my state specifically, it's just a, it's kind of a shit show at the moment. Um, I don't know how it is where you're at, but. Biggest thing for me, dude, is I didn't get a sticker. (laughs) I don't know what the the fuck was going on there. They had a sticker shortage. They were being all weird with the stickers and stuff. They didn't hand them out to me and I was kind of salty. I was, I was ready for my sticker so that I could, uh, have it on my shirt all day. Flaunt that I voted, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get shit. I went out like Ash Wednesday. Today. Yeah, dude, I, I went. I was. I was excited. I wanted it on my forehead. To be honest, you went hunting today. Oh yeah, I was trying to shoot a deer. Um, I saw like five does and stuff. I got home literally like five minutes ago before this. I was uh, out for a couple hours and I did not end up shooting anything. There were a bunch of them that walked right beneath me, but there were no bucks. So I just, I just sat back and relaxed and looked at the. Uh, Looked at the it's, deer. It gets dark now so early. I hate like it. It's been, it's been dark. It gets dark here at like four fifteen. Yeah, so. it was. It was literally, uh, yeah, like like five o'clock, and it was like almost pitch black outside. Yeah, it's. It, 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 every year, I just get so tired. Like I'm exhausted. It's eight o'clock only. Like it's the time change really it makes me want to go to bed so early. Yeah, messes mm. me up. Imagine if we were people that, uh, you know, there's people out there that wake up every single time, like every single day just to the sun and then go to bed with the sun. I, uh, that's funny you say that my Nona wakes up every day at like 4am and goes to sleep at like 5pm every Jeez, day. bro. She goes to sleep at 5pm. When does she eat dinner? Ew. Jeez, bro. Yeah. So she's her sleep schedules bananas but i feel bad for the people that have to wake up early they don't even see daylight by the time they get out of work the sun setting it's it's a little depressing imagine like oh my gosh waking up getting your coffee and then getting off work and going home and it just being dark. That's what it was like when we went to school. I remember when I was in high school, we'd get out at like four or something. And this time of year, like you, there was no time to do a single thing outside. Like you were literally just stuck. 
yet by the time you get out it's already dark all right let's start talking about cpi what are you feeling about um the whole the whole shebang you is so i was told i forget who i was talking about this with i think you know gaba in my discord i believe it might have been gaba um he said that no i may be wrong he said that he saw two different forecasts he saw 7.9 percent and 8.1 percent did you see a specific number because i'm gonna google it let me uh well actually i'll pull it up in when my... I look, yeah when i looked i saw 7.9 percent but i don't remember through which outlet um let me check it out there's got to be um boo -doo -boo -doo -boo -doo -boo. oh that's from today lame okay i'll have to go on i was gonna try to do it just via the uh the bot in my discord but it was only today's cpi projection let's see what it says and then we can we'll talk about what we think would be the best training plan for this and then we'll talk about uh you know how yep. to how to handle it and then um forecasts expect it to dip barely below eight percent year over year it is predicted to be 7.9 percent year over year that is that's a median forecast though um that's kind of nice, though, because it'll at least be lower than September if that actually happens. But if we come in above September's, we're fucked. If we come in above September's number, it's going to be chaos. If we come in as expected, I think we'll have the pre-market sell-off like we always do. And then I remember, I think it was last time we had the sell-off and then we ended up closing like way green. It was like a pretty significant bounce back. <clears throat> It's always tough with CPI because the numbers come out at 830. Um, so, so hard to trade. Yeah. So if you're overnighting stuff, you're at the mercy of the open and yeah. waiting that, that hour. Um, I don't personally like to overnight stuff in a CPI. Um, I do like to play the open, but I do not like to really overnight stuff. Um, but I don't know. Like, like you said, if it comes in over then it's going to be a disaster, I think. Here's my opinion. Um, I kind of think we're going to do the exact same thing as last CPI. Or maybe not last CPI, but one of the CPIs recently. Uh, let me check it out. I think we're going to uh, to open like mad low. Like, oh, yes, exactly. Um, on the 13th of October, I think there could be a really similar candle to this where we uh, like, you know, open fucking at like 370, maybe even like... 360 something 368 something crazy and then we're gonna sh we're gonna shoot up after open and my reasoning for that is is like we had downside today and for some reason in economic events lately if there's been downside like the day before or even the day of if it's like midday event then usually we see like a lot more of the uh the the risk reward being towards the the upside and I feel like that might be the same exact thing here where, you know, we might see that terrible initial reaction, but then we're going to see it climb back up and um, and react well to it for some reason. And I also feel like with it being the the first um, month over month, you know, in, or decrease in uh, inflation, or it might be the second, but one of the, the first or second like indicators that inflation might have topped, 
I feel like initially they're going to be like the the reaction is going to be really bad. Like inflation is still nearly eight percent. Um, but I think that the the fact that it's actually showing topping behavior could be good in the medium term, which I mean medium term isn't really medium term. I mean like tomorrow midday rather than tomorrow at open. Like short term would be tomorrow at open. And then medium term for that would be, you know, midday. We're starting to see that topping inflation action. And if this even comes in, you know, I would expect if this comes in right at forecasted for it to tank, if it comes in above forecast for it to tank, and if it comes in, you know, below forecast, we'd be talking about something maybe a little bit different. Like it could just go flat or have a little pop into open and then run all day. Um, but I think the probably the biggest thing that I see happening would be a big uh, a big dip at open, like you said, or right before open, um, and then possibly the the ladder back up. And I mean, I just want to be clear, dude. We nailed fucking FOMC last time on this podcast. Like we were, I think we actually hit it right on the head, if I remember right. Like we were talking about, I don't remember if we talked action after FOMC or if we talked action before, but um, whatever it was, we fucking absolutely killed it. Yeah, I think somebody asked us a question about if we would range or like what we thought would happen. And I think, yeah, I think we were pretty accurate with um, the way SPY behaved. Um, but I'm pretty positive last CPI was on the 13th. If you look at the 13th, I'll we... go back to the 10 minutes. Yeah, something. if you look at the 13th, I mean, it was a pretty aggressive move. And um from the low to you know the high was a 20 point move um so it was an extremely aggressive bounce back am i expecting a 20 point move probably not um but like like we were saying i think if it's if it's a round or if it's at the forecast it's gonna be you know what we normally get the the flush out in pre-market and then we end up running so um that's kind of my approach to it if it's some if it's some you know adverse number or, or unexpected number then it's anybody's guess but yeah i agree um like i think it's safe to say if it's between if it's between like 7.8 and like 8.1 which is usually usually they're pretty close on it like usually there's not some crazy outlier maybe even like 7.7 to 8.1 so if it's within that um 0.2 buffer on each side i feel like we have a pretty good idea of what would happen the dip and then the rip yeah. but if we well, get like a 7.6 or if we get like an 8.3 um fucking crazy things could happen like we could see if we got let's just talk about both of those scenarios um, based on the daily here. If we were to see, you know, shit, where am I? Oh, here we are. Um, If we were to get like something crazy, like 8.3, 8.4 come through, um, there's a chance that tomorrow ends up being like a a 4% day. Like we've seen, you know, where um, spy tanks like $12, $14, something crazy like that. Um, and you could see 62 on that. You could see a candle all the way down here. You could, you'd probably open if it was crazy high inflation uh, numbers that came out. You'd probably open at 370, just like you're, we've predicted. You'll open um, regardless of of the outcome. And then you'd probably just see that waterfall down. There'd be a tons of selling if we had 
crazy, crazy inflation numbers, which would be probably above 8.1, I think would be considered something that would cause the market to absolutely tank. Um, what do you think, Tony, if we were to see something super high in the inflation? Mm. If we see some really high number, I agree. I mean, if I just don't see a scenario where we would do anything but tank, but um, I don't know. There's been some weird days where we kind of run off really bad news. Like I can remember specifically the the news of Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. For whatever weird reason, it was like a crazy day. Um, I remember that. There's been yeah, there's been some crazy days, but if it comes in like super the number super inflated, I don't think it's. I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty aggressive. Um, you know, flush out probably majority of the day. Um, I, what did I? I wanted to say something. Oh, um, the uh, just looking at the daily, um, a potential little, I don't know if you want to call it demand or a little bounce spot that I would be looking at would be around 368 to 370. Um, we had a super aggressive bounce off that on the 4th, which was last Friday. I'm talking from the low to the high. It was almost a 10-point move. Um, so I would expect there to you know, be some buyers located between 368 and 370. So maybe just a level to watch into tomorrow. Um, I kind of drew it on there so that they can see it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, the other thing is we are set up. If anybody knows about the triple crosses I talk about in my Discord, we are set up for a triple cross on the daily um, where the 9, 20, and 30 would be crossing. Um, and that could also give us some downward pressure. Um, the last time we had a cross on the daily, we actually ran... Um, oh, right almost, here. Yeah, about 18 points. Um, and look at this cross to the downside, and then look at everything that follows that. Yeah, the la well, also, the last time we had a cross to the downside was back in August, and we proceeded to drop from 410 to yeah. <laughs> 350. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. Um, you know, we don't get these crosses on the daily often, but when we do, they're pretty aggressive um, and they last a, a good amount of time. So just something to maybe keep in mind. Dude, they're fucking crazy. Like if you just go back and look at uh, like this cross too, if you would have bought on the day of this cross, you would have yeah. been buying at 385 and you would have, what is that? You would have closed at 435. Um, if you would have bought, yeah. if you would have bought here, you would have been short at like, what is that? 445, and then you would have probably gotten downside all the way to 385. Like the crosses have been working. Yeah, they basically just indicate, for anybody that's wondering, is they just basically indicate like a change in trend. Um, they're applicable in all time frames, but when you're looking at something like the daily or the weekly, um, that's basically showing you, you know, a potential forecast for what's to come for an extended period of time. So. Um, and and it's the 9, 20, and 30. Those are the ones that I use. So Yeah. We got some questions here in the chat. Um, first off, someone wants to know, is Tony developing some film? Are you developing uh, some film? Let the people know, Tony. 
because of my uh, my, <laughs> my my light. Uh, I guess I am I am not developing film. It would be cool that if you be, were. You just had pictures fun, of though. pictures of stock charts on your computer. It's just, it's just all <laughs> charts hanging up. On our <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. Also, here's the deal, guys. If you guys want to make this little Q and A session, just keep the questions rolling, and we'll just keep keep answering them as we go because we got a couple of them here now. But if you guys were to drop, you know, three or four more, five, six, seven, if you were to drop twenty more, I would hang around and answer all of them for you guys. But here's the next one. Um, are you going to be looking at long-term common ads if CPI does well tomorrow? So say CPI comes in at like 7.7 or 7.5. Tony, what are you thinking? Long-term ads or are you still waiting? Um, Yes and no. Yes, because, um, you know, if we are, you know, <clears throat> easing or if the numbers are, decreasing and you know inflation is supposedly um coming to an end quote-unquote yes um but i everything all my decisions are are based off technicals so for example um i like amazon a lot um but right now amazon is kind of just in a free fall it's i've been i watch amazon every week it's something i've wanted to add long term for quite a while um but just technically the chart is just like i said it's in a free fall there's no underlying support so while i would like to it for me still kind of based is based around you know what does the chart look like um another good example would be something like ford um, there was a lot of great opportunities to add Ford in the beginning of October. Um, it was at a historic demand zone, and from that zone, it basically ran, you know, four or five dollars, um, and that was just based off technicals. Um, so, you know, I, I guess yes and no. How about you? Um. I'll be honest with you. Let me get back to the Spy Daily. Um, I'm. I'm like very, very patient when it comes to these long-term ads. Like I'm going to add some of uh, that TCS swing I talked about last last podcast, and I haven't even done any of that yet because I'm being super picky with it. Uh, but here's my, my kind of like 10 cents is if we have a really bad CPI, um, I think we're going to see, you know, this 330, um, this 330 to 340 levels. And that would be kind of where I would be willing to add probably like this, actually probably like 325 to 340 would be like my best top, you know, top ad zone for like long-term stuff. Um, but if we have good CPI tomorrow, I am going to have to be uh, kind of kind of ready to change that tune, which, you know, it's possible that I would be, I'd be willing to add some stuff, um, you know, like some, some Ford, some, uh, some Google, some, some Meta, some, uh, yeah, Amazon. I'd be willing to do Amazon with you too. Some Disney as well. I'm really big into Disney. Um, I would be, but I have to see the market reaction. I would really want to see how the market, uh, if the market, you know, we we have good CPI in it, you know, fails. I want to see what happens because a lot of it's going to be based on, you know, if CPI comes in at expected and then it ends up, you know, running to the downside all day, then I'm just going to know that people aren't ready to start buying this this market yet. And if, say, it's, you know, the CPI comes in as expected and it runs all day and we end up you know up 10 points 
then I'm going to know people are starting to think that this might be ready to, to dip by because inflation is topping. It's going to all depend on kind of the next two days and how things play out based on, um, you know, tomorrow, the day of tomorrow, and then probably a bit of Friday too. But I am super interested in, like, I'm, I'm very, very excited for tomorrow because with this being kind of the turning point of inflation, like, this is going to be the time where you have to make the decision of add or don't add. So I'm glad someone asked that question. Um, because with inflation finally decreasing now, like we're finally finding a top area. It's like when gas, uh, you know, when gas topped it, you know, that thing, it went down pretty quick. Like gas and, and oil shot down pretty quick. Like I remember I was paying five bucks and then three weeks later I was paying like three, three thirty, three forty, something crazy like that. Like it went down really fast. Um, and I think inflation, I don't think it'll have that same exact, like, you know, like very, very quick move down. But I think with this topping, there's a chance of people wanting to buy the dip in the market with uh, inflation finally showing signs of, of maybe possibly declining. So it's going to all be based on market reaction tomorrow. So let me just, I'll, I'll lay it out in like a really, really easy to understand way. If we beat expectations of CPI and the market like tanks, I'll know that people are not ready to buy the dip on SPY yet, or this isn't even a dip at this point. They're not ready to think that this is going to reverse. Um, if we beat expectations and SPY flies, um, I'm also not going to be ready to buy because I want to see like, you know, a few more days. I want to make sure that it wasn't just because of the CPI beat. Um, if CPI comes in near, you know, right around where it's expected and the market, you know, absolutely flies, then that's going to be when I'm very, very interested. Or if it even comes in at, you know, 8.0 and the market flies, I'm going to be very, very interested in going long on some stuff just based on the fact that that's showing that people are ready to buy this as a possible bottom. Um, because here's the thing with, with the technicals of SPY is we haven't seen a, a higher low yet on SPY at all on this, um, at all on this uh, this bear market that we're in right now. And we have the possibility of having our first higher low if CPI comes in nice tomorrow. CPI comes in and the market reaction is good, we could see a higher low for the first time in, I don't even know. When is the last time we saw a higher low? Uh, November of 2021, so a full year was the last time we saw a higher low. On the, on the, the weekly at least, the daily is probably a little bit different. All right, Tony? Do you ever swing options? That's our next uh, question. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I don't either. Um, no, it's um, like swinging more than holding something overnight. No. Um, I'll overnight stuff on occasion, but uh, if we're talking like holding stuff for weeks or months, um, no, I, I do not do that. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing that I'll do overnights is for like lotto plays, like uh, only earnings pretty much. Like the only time I ever do that is if it's a, a big time earnings play that I'm feeling very, very confident about. Um, but if it's something that is not even, you know, like if I was looking at like, like I'm looking at TCS for a possible reversal swing. If I was, you know, I found options on that and I was like, oh, maybe I should swing options on this. The amount of like extra fucking curricular activity, which that's a terrible way to say it, but there's a bunch of extracurricular activity going on with your options. They're burning while you're sitting on them. They're, you know, you got time working against you and, and it's hard to make swings work um, 
enough with commons. Like it's hard enough to do it if you're if you're trading, you know, TCS commons to make sure that you buy the right time and buy the right dip and stuff. You can be completely right on the thesis, but if you buy into options, like say you take calls, you could have just taken the wrong time and they end up down 20% before the thing starts to move. And then you've gotten Feta burned on top of that. And then that you know you you should be at a point where you're making money on commons, but now you're still down 5% because it'd probably even be bigger. It'd probably be like you're down 50% and then you get to where you should be break even and then you're still down 20% because of the theta burn. It just isn't really my game. I think uh, commons are way, way better for me personally, just because I know that they're they're not going to, uh, you know, going to have time working against me and also have a bunch of Greeks that I need to know and monitor every single day. Um, so yeah, it's super, super out of character if I if I swing trade something, but maybe in the future, maybe I'll become the type of person that likes to swing trade options. Who knows? Yeah, um, I think, um, yeah, go ahead. If you're if you're trying to swing options, you just really need to have a grasp of the Greeks, because um, you could be right and still be wrong. So, yeah, bro, we gotta talk about uh, quickly. Me and you have been watching like some banger shows. Have you, did you keep watching The Patient? Yeah, I'm on, what episode am I on? I am on, uh, I don't want to, see, I don't want to spoil it. I've seen it all. Oh, no, but for other people, for other people. Yeah, I'm, I'm on like the sixth episode, I think. Okay, that's, dude, that's when things get, get good. Yeah. Dude, the ending of The Patient is if, okay, so there's like one thing that you very clearly want to happen. That thing, like if it if there if that couldn't happen, then like the ending is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you said I need to watch the Cabinet of Curiosities or something like that. Yeah, I just started watching that a couple of days ago. Like each episode's different. Um, it's by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, it's... so it's like a Black Mirror type of thing, like where it's like they're not connected. Yeah, it's 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 really good. I like it. Um, and then I want to watch that. I think it's 1899 the one that's the same actors from dark the show you're watching now oh dark is so good man dark is yeah. so good dark's good if, if you can just get past the fact that it's in another language um yeah i dude i've honestly like haven't watched the only thing i watched before this i, I mean i've probably watched like three or four tv shows in other languages but i like try to avoid them but this one is just like it's too good to avoid like i'm absolutely yeah. fucking hooked yeah it's great the story's like unique and the acting is really good and i also uh I, we finished the watcher the first like three episodes were really good and then i thought it was really bad after that like it just like got I just hated the ending yeah the ending was was trash dude well, that's it was how fucking all ryan murphy's stuff is it was it was super good and then it just all of a sudden wasn't like it was just really bad yeah ryan murphy he um He's the one that does all the American Horror Stories. All his, every show he does is like that. That's it's like unsatisfying. That's bogus. That is really, really bogus. Um, question for you from the chat: What are your thoughts on swinging oil stocks on the pullback? Uh, so we can just pull up like Zom or something, and we can talk kind of just base it around Zom because that's a pretty big. Um, oh wow, dude, that thing is that thing is not really having a pullback. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing is if it, you know if you get a good area to purchase it, um, like technically, then then go for it. Um, you know, oil's always 
a good choice during inflationary times. Um, but if you're buying something that's pretty overextended like that, yeah, um, it's gonna be pretty difficult to justify. Um, you know, if you don't think or if you think that we still got a long ways to go until you know inflation is done then um you know maybe look for a for a ad at some point but something like that that's that's pretty overextended it's going to be hard to justify that this is what he said in the chat he's uh he's actually looking at is oxy oxy um and when I look at that, I look at like a, it almost looks like a triple top in this, in this supply zone that it's found right around, what is that? 70, 73 to $76. Um, well, it's still creating higher low. This is the weekly. I need to get off the weekly. I need to get on the Milo daily. likes Oxy. I think I see Milo in chat. From a fundamental um, perspective, I think Oxy is a great bet. Uh, but from a technical perspective, it definitely does not look great right now. I know, um, I think he's probably interested in it because, you know, to yesterday it was at $75 and today it's at $67, $68 after close. I think Oxy's the one that Buffett keeps adding. It's one of his, I think it's one of his top 10 holdings right now. Yeah. Um, I would say personally... Um, I think a good place to add Oxy would be like on this trend line down here. So like wait for possibly, you know, $60 or $62, like have a, have a buy zone of 62 all the way down to 60. Um, and that'll give you a pretty good spot here because if you look at this bottom trend line on the daily, it's been, you know, bouncing in that zone one, two, three, four, five, five times. Um, and it just rejected the, uh, the supply zone above. So I think come down to 62 to 60 would probably be the best spot to uh, to, to end up buying this. Yeah. Yeah, you got to, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you love something. Um, you still kind of have to make a technical decision paired with, like, conviction. So. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, someone asked, why do you think Amazon has been has been dropping lately? What do you think, Tony? I know that you've been keeping your eye on that. Um, I'll pull up the chart here quick. I don't know when it was. They had, well, their earnings was, when was their earnings? Two weeks ago? A week ago? Um, and they, I think they had a pretty poor earnings. Um, some report came out, I, I don't remember when this was, this might have been around when earnings got released about, um, them laying a lot of people off so they've just had some you know not a great earnings some a little bit of bad news um and they're also just at the mercy of the market um you know amazon's something that's going to be in trend with the overall market um and you know that's just the market we're currently living in um, but I, like I said before, I, I love Amazon. I would love to start accumulating Amazon. Um, you know, it's, it's been in a free fall and there really is no underlying support. Um, you know, if you want to start am adding Amazon now, I would just know in the back of your mind that, um, you know, there is no underlying. So 
Um, it could continue to work its way down for quite a while. You would just have to, uh, you know, slowly accumulate that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, it was kind of the combination of the uh, the the earnings, which I mean, they they beat on on EPS, which is usually solid sign, but then they missed on revenue, which isn't that big of a deal. But I think it was more so the stuff they said during that call, the earnings call. Um, which caused them to absolutely tank. Like they were like 110 and then the next day they opened at 98. Uh, and then that had them breaking this really, really key support, which was like, I think it was basically like 101 to like 105 was super key support. Uh, and they ended up busting it. And then now we're at $86. Um, and for me, I mean, I feel like we're at a decent spot to like possibly be adding some, but just know that, uh, we could be seeing, you know, $70 pretty soon and under 70 things get a little bit crazier like we would probably see 50 under 70 um, But there's a chance we bounce here at 86. There's a chance we bounce at 70 and for me technically there's a chance we bounce at 50 But those are also back in uh, 2019 and 2018 and 2017 So you have to question, you know, the uh, the validity of those technical areas because sometimes as, as enough time passes um you know, it's not quite as strong of a, of a of a support as if it was last year or earlier this year, that kind of thing. Uh, there was a question. I think I might have missed it. Um... Do you think red days are a necessary evil? Absolutely. 100%. You learn uh, so much from red days, in my opinion. Yeah, those are the days where you're you're gonna learn the most honestly if you if you have the right mindset about it um and don't just kind of completely shut off and you know feel bad for yourself or um there's going and there's then on the flip side there's going to be days where you may have taken really great trades but you're just at the mercy of the market for whatever reason you know the market was just you know unpredictable that day a trade that normally would do well for you like technically just you know kind of broke down and you may be red for that reason too so like reviewing everything is important to know okay is my strategy still working or maybe my strategy needs to be refined um because if you're taking good technical entries and you're just at the mercy of the market there's there's no reason to to deviate from that so those yeah like long story short those are some of the best days that you'll have and, and learn the most from yeah all right we're gonna have to uh come right back into this for our second half here you guys just stick around and i'll send you another invite tony okay well you guys get some one-on-one -on -one time with me here i don't know how i don't have pro yet um don't ask me. I'm not sure. I feel like I should have it. Okay, I'm sending Tony the invite right now. So, uh, well, I hope you guys had a good day and hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, I'm just ready because tomorrow we get some real, real action. Okay, we need to talk about uh, a couple more of these questions and then we need to talk about the, the Bitcoin fiasco that we're going to talk about. Uh, someone explained it to me in my Discord earlier. I'm not a huge crypto guy, but I will do my best to give you guys my quick opinion about it after we finish these questions. So 
Somebody said uh, Tesla is also on long t long key support today. Uh, so I will share my screen and we can check that out quick and give you a, a quick opinion and then we will move to the next question. All right, so Tesla, it says, is on long-term key support today. It also, it looks like it broke it today. Um, looks like there was a lot of support in this about like 180-ish area. Uh, but then there's also this one down here below at like 170. What are you feeling, Tony? Um, let me pull Tesla up. If I'm being honest, I do not pay attention to Tesla at all whatsoever. I really don't like Tesla. Kind of a fucky stock, to be honest. Yeah, I don't trade it. I don't like Tesla. Um, but we are at a pretty key level, it looks like. We're right around the weekly 200s. We actually just broke the weekly 200 EMA. Um, we do have the regular 200 MA sitting right around 160. Um, we are actually currently slicing through a demand zone as well, um, where we've bounced one, two, three, four, about five times. Um, so similar to Amazon, breaking that kind of means that there really is not a whole lot of underlying support outside of, you know, something like that weekly 200 that we still have sitting around 160 um you know a break on that and it's anybody's guess where this ends up um it looks awful look um, at this red volume the past four days yeah it's it's under all daily moving averages the only thing left standing is that weekly 200 so um i you know i would expect a bounce at least a short-term bounce off that weekly 200. Um, when you approach these weekly EMAs, you almost always see at least some sort of interaction, whether that bounces and pushes us back, pushes uh, push us back through supply or not. I'm not sure, but yeah, the chart looks pretty bad. Yeah, I would say uh, if you're looking to go long on Tesla, um, I would say do some fundamental analysis on it because for me. Uh, I just talked about it in my last weekly watch list. Um, the PE ratio and their their EPS growth, I don't think that they're going to be able to have a, a normal PE ratio for a tech company uh, unless we see them come down to, I mean, like $100, in my opinion, is where I would start to think about buying Tesla. Uh, it's likely not to hit $100 just based on, you know, people like forward-thinking investors who really like them. Uh, and really like you know the fact that they they beat earnings almost every single time around, and they've always they've had a good track record of helping out investors. Um, so it's likely not to get down to a hundred dollars. But right now, for me, the if you're looking at long term Tesla, the PE ratio, and I think the uh, there's going to be a lot of, of market distribution in the electric vehicles, the electric vehicle world, um, and I think that Tesla is going to have to give up a bit of their market cap to uh, names like Ford, names like GM, names like Toyota. Um, if, you know, they don't, then maybe that their, their market cap can be, uh, you know, would be, would be worthy uh, of what it is right now, um, you know, a few years down the road, and then I'd be interested in buying. But right now, I'm just not interested in buying Tesla long-term based on fundamentals. Technically, it looks really bad as well. Uh, like Tony was saying, like we just broke through something completely massive, that 200 level. Uh, the volume has been terrible the past four days, as in it looks really good if you're a bear, really bad if you're a bull. 
Um, so I'm feeling like Tesla would be would be a, a kind of a just keep on the back burner for now if I had to give my honest opinion on it. Someone says, any bios you're following? I know it's not a hot sector. I can start there. Um, I'm personally just following XBI. Uh, I'm really interested in in buying this as a long-term position come, you know, when the market, market feels like it's finally... Uh, gonna turn itself around and give us a bull market again, which who knows could be six months could be a year could be uh, Two years who knows but I want to have an XBI position and if we go to this weekly um, Considering we topped out at $170. This is an entire market. We're talking about XBI is like the spy of biotech uh, and so for it to have topped out above $175 and now it's $77 um, we've, we're below the, the, the COVID crash. Uh, we are as low. What is, what is $75? The last time, you know, before the COVID crash, $75 was kind of a, uh, a 2017, it was $75. Uh, and then in December 18, uh, and then the COVID crash was at $75. So we're at a pretty, an area where it feels like this is, you know, it's been a long time. Has the has the the biotech industry not grown since 2017, or was it overvalued for that entire period? Uh, who knows? But I personally think that uh, biotech has a future, and I think that this is going to be a good buy. You know, if this were to come back down to $65 into this this uh, demand zone formed by these two candles, then I would really really think about adding some of this long. Um, and also considering the volume increase we've seen over the past. Uh, is that, is that about the year? Over the past year, we've seen such a big volume increase. Um, probably has to do with it being this this heavy of a downtrend. Uh, but I am interested in XBI long term. I know that's not a bio like you were looking maybe for a small tech bio, that kind of thing. But uh, I'm interested in the entire sector as a whole, considering it's down from 175 to $77. You got any bios, Tony? Or are you just kind of... Absolutely not. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. Oh, dude, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk about something real quick on here. Uh, if you're in my Discord, I apologize. Um, you guys are gonna hear this rant for the second time in the same probably 12 hours. Today, I had the pleasure of uh, having almost a mental breakdown. Maybe an anger attack is the right word because I saw someone on Twitter pushing coin as a great investment yesterday. Or two or three days ago or two days ago after that FTK Bitcoin, like the FTK crypto space, terrible news, t- telling everyone that they doubled down on it. Ooh. That, so, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, man, no. Yeah, football player. Um, oh. Yeah. I saw someone telling their followers that they doubled down their position into a million dollar position on coin. And I just want to say to anyone who uh, is listening, I usually have no issues with people saying, you know, things on Fintwit. But here's the thing. Please do not go out there and invest in companies that do not make themselves money. Think about the reason you're investing to make money. And how do you make money? By the share price increasing. And what do you need for the share price to increase? the company to make money. 
So please do not go invest in companies that don't make money. There's a there's a speculative, you know, investment phase. There's a speculative investment paradigm out there that might make sense, you know, investing in something, but that should be like 1% of your portfolio. That should be 5% of your long-term portfolio at the maximum are these speculative, you know, things that don't have um, you know, cash flow, things that aren't making real money. You can have those. Just make it a very small position. You should not be having a large portion of your position doubling down, doubling down, doubling down on these positions on companies that don't make money. They have to make money. That's the thing. They have to make money. That's just it says it has to be that simple. If you're going to buy a company, it has to make money. If you want a long-term hold, it needs to make money. Be speculative sometimes. You know, do do a, have a bio long term. I had a bio long term for a while and ended up getting burned on it. Um, but some of them they make a lot of money. Like some of them, you make a shitload of money on these these speculative stuff. But for the most part, buy stocks that make money. You need their EPS to be above zero. You need it to be above zero if it's going to be in your IRA. And if it's below zero, it has to be five percent or less. Make those rules for yourself. Because it's just not good for you to have speculative stocks. You're going to end up like ARK. And we can go look at ARK if you'd like. You know, we come from a fucking uh, a market where, you know, you were able to buy all these speculative plays that weren't making any money down here. Oh, you know, you're able to end it. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. Let's. Oh, my gosh. Look at everything is working. Companies that don't make money are, you know, tripling in three weeks. This is the greatest market ever. And then this is what happens. When you you buy companies that don't make money and you just make yourself um, a business, but not a business, basically an investment firm. If you were to make your own little investment firm um, and you were to take after ARK, which is buying companies that don't make money and buying speculative plays, you would have lost. Let's see here. You're one hundred and seventy dollars. One hundred and sixty dollars would now be thirty dollars. And that's just going to continue until this market gets easier. And we don't know when this market's going to get easier. And We probably will never see a market again. That was like twenty twenty. Um, so just get into the habit of having good long-term investment habits, which is buying companies that make money. It's really that simple. And if you have a large Twitter following and you're listening to this and you're telling people to buy companies long-term that don't make money, you need to reevaluate yourself as a large Twitter fucking profile. And you need to also reevaluate your own investment because you're going to lose a lot of money in the long term. I got really angry this morning about that, dude. I was, I was absolutely fucking heated about that like i was absolutely posted up when i saw that coin was down like 13 percent. man i don't know why you still have twitter i probably shouldn't dude i told people i'm gonna be gone here soon enough but look at this in the last two days this is when it was tweeted about double down double down 75 dollars all the way down to 45 dollars let's just and then look at this dude let me go to their daily i just have to show you this this is just absolutely on my Lost $5 per share. You lost $5 per share in August. That's just that's just bad. Um, we do need to talk about Bitcoin, though. Um, I am ready to read this tweet. Sorry, I have a tweet uh, up that's called like FTX um, for dummies. So we're going to read through that and we're going to... It's called FTX, right? I believe so. Because we need to talk about like Bitcoin long term a bit too. All right, so FTX for dummies, just so that me and you can kind of, uh, you know, have a baseline. Because I don't feel like talking about it myself because I'd probably absolutely butcher it. Uh, but I did, I did do some research this morning about it, and I have a kind of like a fundamental opinion about it. But this is the tweet. 
and kudos to it's from kevin ethan rockstow today i want to discuss how fucked up the crypto world is the fall of ftx for dummies and how did this happen a thread um, so FTX was a small startup compared to Binance. It had a steady growth. Binance was established already. So it was basically kind of like a, a little sister to Binance. Um, kind of like if you if you want to think about it in a way, it was like Amazon and then there was like a Wish sort of thing. But don't think of it as shitty as Wish. Uh, so Binance buys shares in FTX just as Kenya Airways would buy shares in Tanzania Airways, just like Amazon would buy shares of Wish, that sort of thing, both operating in the same kind of niche. Uh, FTX soon outgrows all other, I don't even know what that word is, um, all other similar exchanges such as Coinbase, Paxful, CoinMama, etc. just to become number two behind Binance. So imagine Wish, you know, became really popular and made its way all the way up to second behind Amazon. Um, anyone would be threatened by this. Binance was not immune to being threatened by it. FTX initiates a transaction to pay off Binance for their earlier investment in them. To pay off Binance, FTX proposed to pay them in a form of token, crypto, called FTT that was invented by FTX as a trading fee. Binance agrees and fishes out $2 billion worth of FTT. So they paid them back for their investment because Binance was feeling threatened by them. $2 billion worth of FTT makes Binance a humongous whale. Um, so basically like they have a ton of this FTT. It'd be like if, you know, Tony bought up, you know, half of the, the float of a small cap, he would be a whale of that small cap. Um, Binance announced that FTX started a rumor about them to get them in trouble with the authorities. So basically FTX then crossed Binance while Binance was a whale in their token FTT. So what did Binance do? They decided they were going to sell that $2 billion stash of FTT, which caused massive panic. Investors started shorting. Everyone sold. Uh, the coin lost 16% value in hours. And FTT was plunging so bad they needed more capital and they didn't have. Um, and FTX, FTX could not support the FTT token from the bear run. Um, and all cryptos are backed by actual money. So FTT, FTX was losing the money as it was happening in real time uh, and everyone kept selling and then basically this this boom 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 you guys know how that works something something someone sells someone big and then everyone kind of just goes on top of it goes on top of it goes on top of it and keeps selling and keeps selling and keeps selling um, so that's kind of what happened with FTX uh, and I'm gonna pull up the FTX chart I don't even know if it's on here I'm not really a crypto FTT yeah, you guys can see what uh, what we've been what we've had happen. It was twenty six dollars as of last week, two weeks ago, twenty six dollars, and now it is two dollars and forty cents. And then we can also see what that has done to the Bitcoin. Uh, the Bitcoin. I don't know why I said the Bitcoin. That was kind of uh, <laughs> kind of made me laugh. But it's twenty one k as of friday and now it is 15.6 k as of today tony what do you think i think this is pretty pretty similar to uh you know when we've seen banks failing over in china it feels a bit like that where we saw was it i don't remember what it was but we saw a bank having a, a massive um 
bankruptcy deal. It feels similar to that, except it's just it's impacting the crypto world massively, absolutely massively. And it's also showing that, uh, you know, big companies in the crypto world are not immune to things like this. So like names like Binance, names like Coinbase are not immune to this happening to them personally, uh, which is which is pretty, pretty crazy to think about if, you know, this were to happen to Coinbase, um, you know, it, it was it'd be possible that Coinbase would be a $2 stock now if this would have been them instead of FTX. And it's, it's crazy that, you know, crypto is kind of this, um, it feels like the Wild West right now. Like it feels like there's a lot of shit happening. Um, and so how are you feeling about possibly investing in a crypto long term now that you've seen what one company's failure can do to the entire market? Um, if you've been, I think if you've been at like, or if you've known me or you've been around me or like been in my discord or, or talk to me, you know, on Twitter or seen me tweet or the podcast, you know, by now that I'm really not a believer in crypto. Um, I wouldn't say I hate crypto, but I am, you know, I don't like the unknown of, of what crypto is. Um, I've never liked it. I think in my opinion, um, if I am trying to make money, I think there are far better options. I think people get caught up in the allure of, oh, uh, crypto's the future and you know when back in the day when these coins used to 10 times overnight or whatever they would do and people were making you know loads and loads of money you know 95% of the time it was off of you know somebody tweeting something or some kind of scheme or something I just I've never been a believer in crypto I think like I said, if I'm trying to make money, there are far better options for me. Um, I don't like crypto long term. Again, that's just my personal opinion. I think there's a million and one different coins now. Um, 99.999% of those will be nothing. Um, you know, there's the main few like Ethereum, Bitcoin that, um, you know, if crypto sticks around, those will be the leaders in that. Um, but if I'm looking at the Bitcoin chart now, to think that I would, you know, think about adding this at 15k, um, I would, I would never do that. Um, I don't know if I would ever add Bitcoin. Um, it's just not for me, and that's just my personal opinion. But um, I think there's too much shady stuff that goes on surrounding crypto in particular. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it happen two different times now where um, something that everyone thought was stable absolutely fucking destroyed all investors. Like we've seen um, Luna. That was that was absolutely crazy. Everyone thought FTX. It was one of the bigger names in, you know, crypto. It was one of the bigger names in, in wallet services. Actually, don't don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's right, but it was one of the bigger names. It rose to second behind Binance, um, and now we saw, you know, tons of investors just get fucked. Uh, and so it makes you really wonder how much can Bitcoin grow without something similar happening to it, or something similar happening to another big name that would cause Bitcoin to die again. Um, my thing has been. I've been really interested in the Bitcoin cycle as of late. Uh, and if you've 
if you've been around, you know, um, Bitcoin long enough, then you've seen these cycles that Bitcoin has where um, you see it, you see it run and then you see it dip for like it's a it's a three year cycle. I believe I posted it on Twitter today where it runs and then it dips and then it reaches those highs again. And uh, we're coming up on the, the time and it also has to do with the, the halving time um, for Bitcoin. And I think we're coming up on the time where it could be a possible dip buy zone like we saw, you know, back in 2019, we saw 14K. Um, and so we're coming up on a long term support if it were to come down on that. But here's the deal, guys, is with this, it's scaring the shit out of me because if uh, if if all of those names like Luna and FTX can just get yanked below, you know, fucking down. What are they? It's, it's like 99 percent on all of them. And then they go down another 99 percent after that is what happened with Luna. Um then Bitcoin can just, you know, it could not even fucking worry about technicals. It could see this 14K and be at 10K, you know, in, in two days. A couple bad things happen and Bitcoin is gone, you know, and, and investors are completely, um, you know, fucked over. And so it makes me question because I initially wanted to go go long on Bitcoin under 15K. It was between 15 and like 13 that I really wanted to add my first position uh, it's making me question it just based on this uh, this whole debacle with all of these being able to to just completely rug pull. I know that Bitcoin is very unlikely to rug pull, but um, you know if there were to be more and more of these instances where something big like this happens in the crypto in the crypto sphere, crypto sphere. I just I think that's a new word I just created. Um, if like these big instances of bearish action were to continue, then like we could see Bitcoin just continue to just tank. Like it could get nasty. It could get very, very ugly uh, for Bitcoin. So I'm gonna keep an eye on it. I'm gonna kind of just uh, keep doing my thing where I just watch it mostly. But I am interested in going along on Bitcoin. Um, I would definitely need to do a lot more research because I'm not. I haven't done as much uh, uh, research as I should on something that I'm going to possibly invest in. So I will keep looking into it. Um, but like I said before, um, the possibility of these major crashes continuing to happen um, should have everyone fearful of investing in Bitcoin, uh, to say the least, or investing in other cryptos like um, ETH. I know a lot of people invest in things like that. It should have you fearful seeing what, what uh, a few failures can do to the entire crypto market. Um, yeah, be careful, guys. Be careful out there. Uh, be very, very, um, you know, I don't even know the right word. Just make sure that you're watching your positions very closely uh, is what I was pretty much meaning to say. It's scary, dude. It is, it is terrifying out there. It feels like it's like a uh, like penny land, but it's just crypto instead. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I just think if I'm... I don't know if I'm trying to put money into something long term, which you would be doing if you're trying to invest in something like Bitcoin. Um, I just think there's, you know, a lot better established options where you're still going to make, you know, money. I think people see the, oh, well, you know, this is 15K. I'm going to ride it back to 60K and make 50K. And it, it just it doesn't work like that. Um, but yeah. That's just kind of my two cents on it. 
I think I think I agree honestly. Um, you have to just you're gonna have to play the cards close to your chest with it and make sure that you feel like you're completely out of the water of any of these failures happening again because I mean investors in crypto have gotten burned so bad, so yeah. fucking bad the past year. Is it is it more than a year now? It's been since November of last year. Absolutely crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Damn. Yeah, that's that's burned an absolute ton of people. Um just before we go, uh I want to give you guys an opportunity to ask any more questions you guys want to ask. So, if you're here and in the chat, uh, again, we want to say thank you guys for tuning in. We've had, you know, it's ticked up to 35, 40 people and ticked back down to 20 and stuff. So we're getting it. We're reaching a decent amount of people. Um, so if there's anyone who has any questions left, type them in the chat. We'll hang out for another minute or two just talking about some random bullshit. Um, and then if we see you guys have questions, then uh, then we will answer them. So, Tony, how does it feel to be a Steelers fan? That was my question that I had for you. If I was in the chat, that'd be what I would ask. And that'd be what I would be asking. It feels as bad as being a Raiders fan. Oh, dude, if Anthony's here, he's going to fucking... Yeah, Anthony's not here. I think, uh, I think you're actually in a better spot than being a Raiders fan. I don't know. It's just... There, it's just I feel like it's at this point, it's, a liter- it's literally everything. Like, everything is the problem. Yeah. There's not just one... Pro- it's just... <laughs> Every, it's just everything. pain. <laughs> From the coaches to the offensive line to the quarterback to the defense, it's legitimately everything. It's just all my t- all my sports teams. It's just depressing anymore. But at least uh, the Vikings are doing well. I know, man. I said I think I was even. I'm even quoted on a few of our uh, episodes of the Halt saying like, I think the Vikings could be good this year, but I didn't want to like I didn't want to commit to it because I knew that there was a chance they just went full Vikings. And dude, they're yeah. actually winning now, and I'm so happy. I did see uh, on on uh, like some Steelers news pages that you guys are gonna possibly split carries between Najee and uh, Warren. Dude, oh my gosh, I wish uh, you know Dustin. Oh, dude, I wish Dustin was <laughs> in here because I told I told my friend Dustin that Teddy also knows. I told Dustin since preseason i said dude i don't know what it is but like this this warren kid like he passes the eye test like i think he's better than Najee, and he roasted me so bad dude he's got some pop in his step he he just i don't i don't know what it is he he doesn't dance in the backfield he just finds a hole and hits it and he has a really nice burst out of the backfield he i he looks 10 times better than Najee and it's sad to think that we wasted a first round pick on Najee if he's just going to be another Trent Richardson dude uh Warren reminds me of Darren Sproles he's got that first who bibbity bop yeah Hudok knows I've been saying we've been talking about him for a while oh for sure I remember like months ago when he'd had like it was like two games in you guys were like this Warren guy is fucking good Dude, we can yeah. tie everything together with this episode by talking about Tom Brady now and his $650 million investment into FTK. Did you see that? Six, wait, how much? His entire fortune with Giselle, he was investing in FTK. 
his entire fortune. That's what he said. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look at this. Um, let me let me Google it. FTK investment or is it FTK or FTX? I don't know, but we're gonna find out. FTX. Sorry. Yeah, he is caught in the FTX fallout. Risks losing complete strategic investment. Yeah, so he invested. Um, so him and Giselle together decided that um, that they were going to invest like a heavy portion of their entire, not their entire thing. Sorry, sorry. So a heavy portion. So like somewhere around like at least like 50 million or something. Um, and they decided they were going to invest it in FTK. And Why? Who? Somebody had to like... Dude, advise right? them to do that. That's just like, why would you tell them to invest in a crypto that's like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. People, that's, that's the whole, cool. that's the downfall of crypto. And me and you were talking about it last season of the halt a lot because we got a lot of crypto questions is it's very, very wild west. It is very, very wild west. And now we're seeing it. This is two in the past like six months. That's have it. Have you guys ever tried to get friends and family to invest? Um, yeah, Nick, I, uh, I actually was, um, building an account for my little brother for a while before he turned, uh, before he turned 18. Um, I talked to my other brother quite a bit about, um, you know, some long-term stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely family and friends and, um, I know Huda. I don't know if Hudak's still in here, but he's one of my best friends, and um, I trade with him, and he's, uh, you know, really into the market. So yeah, absolutely. I, uh, my family, not not super. You know, I tell them kind of like when I think they should, uh, like when I think they should start to like think about. <laughs> repositioning like i told my parents that they should think about uh like drawing out some funds in like like last year i think it was it was too early it was like august or something or somewhere around like when spy was like four like 40 for like maybe 450 i don't remember when it was but when spy got up there i told them they should think about like maybe taking some stuff out and you know waiting to buy another dip um they didn't listen to me but they would have they would have saved a lot of money if they would have done that uh, and I have friends who invest, um, and you know, a few of them are trying to do it full time. Um, super cool to see that. I try to let them have their space, but it's super cool to have friends that are trying to do that as well. Um, I go golfing with them every once in a while, and we always talk about you know how they're doing and stuff. A lot of them are just learning the spy option scalp scalp game right now, um, and doing pretty well. I have friends that I've talked to about investing that just got into like lotto type stuff, lost a whole bunch of money and then never did it again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, how that goes. Yeah, I told some people about it, and uh, you know, some people have taken it and ran, and some people had their experience with it and decided it was not for them. So yeah, I do. I think it's I think it's good to talk about. Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, going to family Thanksgivings. Um, everyone likes to think that, uh, they know more about finance than me. I'll tell you that one. Everyone, well, what about inflation? How are you combating that? I bet you don't even, I bet you don't. How are you making money in a bear market? It's not possible. And I'm like, uh, okay, I don't feel like, you know, being an asshole right now, but, um, yeah. 
you know like it's so funny like you always i always have like i have like three uncles that'll just be like you're there's no making money in the bear market so what are you doing for a job and like won't even give me a chance to say like well actually i am making money in the bear market it's always funny yeah they uh it doesn't matter what you say either it's, i know they, they, they wouldn't even believe you and then i actually have one uncle that's a uh well i actually hate this uncle so if you're listening to this uncle i don't like you